Uh, so you said you're brewing a little tea over there. Yeah, I got a little tea going. We finally got a milk frother. So I'm... What is that? What is a milk frother? A milk frother? Frother. It makes your milk frothy. What, is, what does that mean? Uh, it gets all little bubbles in it. It, it like aerates it and makes it all... It like carbonates it? it ba- <laughs> it's basically carbonated milk. Um... No. Sounds good. It just it just adds bubbles to it. It's like it makes it creamier, you know. And uh, anyway, it's it's delicious. So I've been making a ton of like lattes and stuff. And then uh, today I decided to make my little London fog type situation. London fog. Yeah, and it's a little chilly in in you know Southern California today. So I had to make some tea. Lucas, tell me. I don't remember what does cold feel like what is what does chill feel like oh brett it's a it's another world over here (laughs) it's a fucking like 68 degrees right now (laughs) and i had to close all the windows my my roommates are from california Mm. uh one of them lived in san antonio but i have to remind them constantly that like until like mid November, you're not gonna be able to wear anything aside from like shorts and a short sleeve, man. Dude, I <laughs> like finally, it's gonna be hot. It doesn't matter what time it is. It almost like it's the it's so weird because I feel like it happens so often where it gets cold on Christmas Day. It's like God is like, okay, it's Christmas. I'll make it cold for y'all because it, <laughs> it really doesn't get cold before that. It's I mean it's rough, man. I always remember going to ACL. And that's in like the first couple weeks of October, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And it's always a brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal because yeah. normally by then, m- most places get colder, right? Yeah, it's fall. So it point. would make sense to put a festival there, but n- since we're in Austin, uh, it is just hell. It is a hellscape. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, dude, it's it's brutal. Um, yeah, I, it's so weird. Like, I think I mentioned it to you before. Like, the amount of people that we talk to here that uh, don't realize that Austin gets hot. Really? Yeah, because you know, so many people are moving to Austin from California. So when you come from Austin to California, everyone's just like, "Whoa!" Like, it kind of catches them off guard. And they're like, "So you moved here?" And we were like, "Yeah." And they're just, well, I mean, you know, and they ask us why, <laughs> and we say because of the weather. And they go, "Oh, well, it doesn't get hot in Austin, right?" And I'm like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> like the heat it's index like, gets to like 109 for like 30 days in a row. I feel like if people spent one week in Austin, like going outside in the summer, they would quick re- quickly uh, rethink their plans on moving. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I. It's so weird how few people know um, what it's, Austin's it's, really like. It's always hot and it's never a dry heat. Oh, it's, it's so humid. It's always so humid. It like it doesn't matter when it rains, it will be humid. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh dude, I was telling someone the other day how I would feel like when I would walk my dog, I would feel the heat coming through the bottom of my shoes. Like the the <laughs> sidewalk was so hot. Yeah. It it I mean, it got to a couple times where I'd, I I swear to god you can fry an egg on the streets. For sure. You know? Like in Father of the Bride, you know? Father of the Bride. Uh, you, you don't watch movies. 
No, no, I don't. I don't partake in such lowly activities. This is one of the only things we don't have in common. <laughs> and it it has been straining our relationship. <laughs> it bothers me. <laughs> we we we've been going to counseling. Yeah, uh, I'm but like, just watch the classics. <laughs> they're like father literally. There are like 500 classics. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? I don't have that much time. What do you do when, if you I, don't watch movies? I don't understand. I'm usually just lying down comatose on the floor, but yeah, I don't just see like what that staring, has to do with anything. Just staring into the into the abyss? Every once in a while. Psyche. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put an earplug in. Maybe I'll listen to a song and then I'll throw it out and go back to my limbo state. <laughs> I just, it always is funny to me, no matter how many times I see someone do it, where like, if I can, I'm just picturing you like throwing off, like in a fit, like throwing the headphones off your head and then immediately like going comatose. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got a good idea. That always makes me laugh. Like in any movie or show that someone falls asleep like that, it's never not funny to me. Yeah, no, it's so weird to me that you don't watch movies. Like I'm sorry, man. I do that so often. I, it's like one of the main things I do. You said it's it's more important to you than music, right? Well, I, I don't know if it's more important to me, but I think I enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. I think like, I mean, it's so hard to compare, right? Because music is part of movies. And that's one thing that makes me love certain movies a lot. Like, especially like Quentin Tarantino's movies. His music coordinator, I don't know if it's him. I assume it's him. But whoever does the music in his movies that like selects the the songs that are on the soundtrack, it's it makes me like the movie even more. Um, man, yeah, man, well, it's how I, might, I go ahead. Uh, that might be one of the reasons I'm not so into movies. Is I don't know if I've told you about this curse before, but I I have this curse where when I'm watching a movie, I like can't hear the music, or I can hear it, but like I never. It never sticks out to you? note of it. Unless it is the focal point of the scene. Mm -hmm. Like, I will not... I just won't hear it. I won't remember it. And so I'm always confused when people talk about, like, composers and movie soundtracks and stuff. That is weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Like, your brain just tunes it out because you're paying attention to something else? I guess, because I'm paying attention to the movie. It's like like a defense... It's like a defense mechanism that our brains have. <laughs> it's true. You can't like, take on too much information at yeah, one time. Yeah, the overstimulation or whatever. That's why you're able to like something is like driving on the highway. There's a hundred things going on at once around you, yeah. and sounds and smells and all this stuff. And if your brain yeah. didn't selectively tune out like ninety five percent of it, you, we would have like an, like we would freak out. <laughs> So maybe that's what's happening in the movie. Like, but does that mean that you get so into the movie that you're not hearing the music? Or are you just like so tuned out <laughs> that you're not hearing the music? I don't know, man. It, it it's happened in both occasions. When I yeah. when I'm like invested in the movie and when I just couldn't couldn't care a single bit about it. Like we just watched uh uh Mandy oh, the other day. Great movie. Is it <laughs> it's I <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to go movie buds here, but like, uh, we're about to be fucking movie foes, apparently. <laughs> it's just like I, as a person who's never done psychedelics, yeah, it, yeah, uh, like all the psychedelic music and the psychedelic movies, and like, 
Oh, no talking. And the walls are... Like, it's like... Whatever, man. Yeah. Like, it's not cool to me. It is a drug-induced movie experience. Like... Yeah. If, if you've ne- yeah, if you've never done psychedelics, yeah, it's it's it doesn't hit as hard. <laughs> and so it kind of frustrates me because it's yeah. like this little thing that everyone else understands that I don't, and it's like uh, uh and it's so like that, such a uh. that turns you off of movies. Maybe, it, it, yeah. yeah. And there are Do you times think it's an like attention span thing because we've always talked about like you know anytime an album is longer than 45, 40 or forty five minutes, we're always like it's kind of a long album. <laughs> And movies are anywhere between an hour and a half to three and a half hours, you know, like, I mean, I think unless it's like, unless it's definitely, it's like boring you. I don't, I don't think we really, really think like that too often. There are times when movies can go on longer than they should. Most do. uh, For sure. To be honest. Uh, and I, a lot of movies, we had a friend visit and they're a big movie person. So we watched a lot of movies this last couple weeks mm. and it's, I, I kind of have the same gripe with movies as I do with books in that it'll just have these scenes, uh, in just these parts of the movie that have really nothing to do with anything. And it's just like filler. It seems like, mm-hmm. And it ju- it's just annoying. Like we watched Rosemary's Baby, and never seen it. All uh, it, it's like a movie from the eighties or nineties, and oh, most older. Did you movies, watch the original or the remake? The original. Oh, then that was nineteen sixty eight. Sixty eight. Yeah. Wow. Pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, with all those vintage movies, they do take their time a lot more in yeah, telling the story, and there's slow. a lot more space. It's a slow burn, man. And so we're. A lot of people Half don't like that style, right? It's like out. It's we don't we don't have the attention span for that these days. I mean, it could be cool, but like when I'm when I'm 35 minutes into a movie and literally nothing's happened, and we're sitting here watching this couple talk to this other couple about like real estate or whatever, like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, you need like the movies that I watch most of the time because I watch those types of movies and I love them, but I have to be in a certain mood. Like those are like morning movies for me. Like, yeah. I just woke up, and I want to, like, drink some coffee and, like, wake and bake. So I'll get, like, nice and high and, and like, energized, and I'll watch, like, a slow 50s horror movie or something, and then I'll start <laughs> my day. Uh, that's my favorite. That's I love those types of movies, but I watch the fucking Big Bang Zoom Zam fucking, you know, constant wave of information and, and special <laughs> effects, and, and I watch mostly, like, really, you know, like, action movies and... Stuff yeah. like that. That the pacing is like way different. Uh, it's even like it's the same thing with the books that we were talking about. That for me to get into books, I had to find a type of book because I always thought of books as like, oh my god, this is just so boring and like I don't care about the story. But it turns yeah. out there's horror books, and <laughs> you know there's there's like all these genres that I love in movies that translate really well to books like sci-fi and action. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Man, yeah, I'll just never understand not liking movies. That's that's honestly how I spend the majority of my time, and I almost feel bad for for people that don't like movies because it's you such, should you I, should pity me. And it, but it's not a, in a condescending way, even though it is kind of like I remember in high school when a friend of mine told me that she wanted me to be a Christian, and oh. and I was like, why? And she goes, I just want you to be as happy as I am. 
and I got really wow. offended. Okay. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got really offended. I was just like, "What makes you think I'm not happy? Fuck you." But uh, it's almost like you know my cult of of film is like the cult Whoa. of Christianity. I don't think I've ever heard that before, dude. The cult of film? No, I don't think anyone ever. <laughs> I mean, no, that's a constant thing I see. Is that not a constant thing with movies like cult movies and like oh. cult culture around movies? Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cult classics. That's a thing a lot. Like when something does usually badly theatrically and then it comes out and someone finds it and they're just like, what is this crazy fucking movie? And it becomes a cult classic. Right. Like Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like, I don't think that did well in theaters because everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And then well, it, some people found I, it and loved it. I've heard it has not aged well. I, I haven't seen it in probably 15 years, but I loved it when I saw it when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was a long ass time ago when we said some shit that I would never say again today <laughs> as jokes. So, Why don't you go ahead and say them now? Uh, yeah, let me just go off. <laughs> Let me go off, fam. Uh, uh, dude, I want to go off on this fucking album. Yeah? I'm well, let's do it, dude. So ready. Let's do it to it. What's up, buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where two friends, or good friends, sorry, talk about good music <laughs> for good minutes. Uh, we are the odd couple of podcasts, obviously, clearly... That's our. Anyone can see that. Anyone that's our. That's been our title since day one. Um, but Brett, are we just finally giving into this pod couple of oddcast thing? Well, I don't know. It's like, it's big in the underground scene, saying that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the streets you know, love us. The streets love us. <laughs> the sheets hate us. Oh yeah, we're terrible in bed. <laughs> mean in the streets. Rag, ragged in the sheets. Yeah, I'm a freak in the streets. Um, and a lady but I don't know. Sheets. Maybe, maybe we can see what these experimental underground people are saying. Maybe it has some substance to it. Maybe it doesn't. But I think we should at least check it out. You yeah, know? let's just, just wear the what... hat for a little bit. Yeah, see how it see yeah. how it fits. Exactly. All right. Well, we are the pod couple of oddcasts. We are your two hosts. Me, Lucas. Actual rate forty four point one kilohertz. Indrakovs, and Brett, thirty-two bit float, Hanrahan. Uh, What's up, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, just made me realize that we did not sync our rates. Yeah, uh, so I really don't think it's an issue. It'll be a little drift, maybe. If, well, we'll find out. I think what's been happening lately is I, I press record slightly before you. Ah, well, I think I don't know if case. that makes any sense to be honest, but it's okay. Uh, so we're talking in, this week. We're talking about a little album that Lucas brought in. Oh yeah, uh, it called is, ooh. Yeah. It's called ooh. It's called a ooh. <laughs> called Malibu by Anderson Pack. Pack, 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 I'm gonna say Pack. Anderson Pack. Uh, the, how'd you find out about before this? the pack sounds, stands for details, apparently. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Anderson details pack. Right. Okay. Yeah. How did I hear about this guy? Uh, yeah. I heard about this album like 
I think around the time where it came out, but I didn't check it out. I think I had a friend tell me about it that he was into like D'Angelo and um, a lot of random like R&B stuff that I wouldn't expect this guy to be into because he's like a hipster. You know, he listens to like dirty projectors. <laughs> sure. Um, I can't stand them. But, you know, so he told me about this record and said I should check it out because I was really into like old soul music. Like I love Al Green and Marvin Gaye and you know, Curtis Mayfield. So he was like, dude, I think you would really like this guy. He's like the new version of all that stuff. And I was like, eh. And I really dismissed it. But then I heard Anderson sing on uh, a song on the games record that came out a few years later. Mm. And I, it's my favorite song on the record. He sounds awesome on it. And I was like, okay, I think like it was that feature that made me want to check him out. And then I, I listened to some of it, to some of his stuff. Um, and didn't and that was it really like maybe five or six songs and like most of them not even on this record, and so I really yeah. wanted to listen to like a full record and I thought this was like a good opportunity to do that. Yeah, man. Well, apparently uh, features are a big part of this guy because he uh, got recognized. He did a couple features on Dre's album, right? Uh, and that's kind of how he came into the public eye. And uh, a- after that, he did this this album this this full length. Uh, one hour long, sixteen songs. It's quite extensive. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a little uh, bloated. I guess is like a nice way to put it. I, I mean, I wouldn't say bloated because I don't think there's really a big filler song. There are no on here. bad songs on this record. In yeah, my, but in my I'm, opinion. It's, it's, you know, we might just go without saying from now on, but like, unless you're doing something really crazy and really special, I don't think your album needs to be an hour long. Yeah, man. If, if there's not a, honestly, like an hour long album to me has to be a concept record or something. You have to be telling a story to, to I mean, like, it's gotta you be, know, it's gotta be, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, an hour long, rec- an hour long of anything um, of any one genre is a long time to listen to something like, unless that's all you listen to, right? Like if someone only listens to hip hop, then they can listen to this record and not get like, eventually just kind of like, Oh man, this is starting to kind of get old a little bit. But I I gotta say, man, like there really are no bad songs on this record. (laughs) No, no, there really aren't. Uh, there's some that a little less memorable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But is it not because some songs are fucking genius on this I record mean, yeah. that the ones that aren't genius fall a little flat? So it's like almost unfair to say that they're not good because they're still good. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me tell you how I uh, found out about this dude. Okay. Uh, I was going through NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Uh, right? I've seen it. So good. And I believe at the moment. Anderson Pock and the Free Nationals are the most viewed uh, video on NPR's channel. Really? I think. Or on uh, Tiny Desk Concerts. And it's for good reason, man. That's awesome. Uh, you watch through this video and you just see he has this magnetic charisma. He has this electric aura around him. He's Dude. cool. He's suave. He's, He's so smooth. cool. Uh, his bandmates, the Free Nationals, are smooth. Incredible. Incredible and musicians. They, they played four songs and three of them are off this album. And I think they were the singles. Mm. Uh, it was like 
heart heart don't stand a chance uh let me go through the list here heart don't stand a chance put me through uh come down mm-hmm. and i think suede and okay. those are some of my favorite songs on this record yep for sure uh and it was just cool man and so after that i got into him and honestly i think his his live shows are better than his albums oh so you've seen you've looked up some live stuff by him yeah and you know he he brings that same energy he'll he'll hop behind the drums a couple times he'll go in front stage sometimes Mm -hmm. and the energy is just electric and it's something that is hard to capture on record and i don't think they really capture on this record uh i guess you mean they didn't capture the energy yeah it's i mean it definitely is good for an r&b album and it's less it's it's what an album should sound like. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you mean sonically, like production wise? Yeah, production wise, the production is fantastic on this album. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I, it might just be a personal preference that I prefer his live stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's I could see him having a really good because he's like you know the charisma. He has so much charisma that it does come through yeah. on on a lot of these songs. Like you can hear it in his voice. He's just. He has it in the way that he sings, you know, in the way that yeah. he raps. Um, but I could see that energy of him live and going off and it's just a party vibe, mm-hmm. you know, that like this album is very laid back for, for the most part. But yeah, man. And, you know, this is, again, something that you might not be able to like fully connect with. Uh, but it is such a great fucking stoner record. <laughs> because this is so layered like there's this is like this i'm bringing back the segment of what food is it for this okay. record because this is the seven layer burrito of of fucking albums seven layer burrito it is but like the best seven layer burrito ever and i mean that just okay let's say like okay fine <laughs> lasagna fucking whatever whatever's a better food to you like just think layers you know because there's at least five or six things going on at once on this record at any one time. And like to say, and to combine that with the like top notch production, it's having so much going on at once and it not feeling like there's so much going on at once, but any one moment you can sit there and really start paying attention to one element and go like, Oh my God, there's like these little chimes that just go off every, you know, at the end of every measure or something. Yeah. And, you know, picking out that one thing, there's so many opportunities as a musician and just as a lover of music to, like, pick out little moments in each song that just make you love the song, you know? Yeah. And to have so much sure. going on at once, like, when you're, like, when I'm high and I am listening to music like this, like, it really is ear candy. Like, it makes me, like, it makes my brain tickle. you've mentioned the brain tickle before dude that brain tickle is all over this record like there's so many shimmering moments like this the album is so like glittery and like elegant yeah it's it's very smooth i the synths and piano throughout this record are all beautiful i'd say like yeah man free nationals are an amazing backing band like the the bass is like deep and like rich and punchy 
and he's an awesome bassist and it's so like in the center of the music the bass is dr- the bass and the drums are driving this whole thing like this whole record and then you have all of those lush elements of all the synth and the piano on top of it all those layered vocals mm. those three four part harmonies uh, mm. are so tasty and satisfying and they're all over this record too yeah, it, it like on songs uh like what is it? Uh Silicon Valley, mm, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh when he's kind of doing those soul vocals uh and it, it it expands into uh those little parts. Oh, what am I thinking of? He's like Show me your heart. Oh, beautiful. You know, where the music kind of opens up and there are a couple, uh, you know, backing vocals behind him, helping him out. Yeah, those... That's that's good stuff. Good man. stuff, dude. Like, that's, that's all over this album is, like, those backup vocals. And, and sometimes even some hooks are just, like, group vocals. Yeah. Um, And it's just so... He has his voice. I mean, Anderson alone, like, minus all the really good backup vocalist that he has on this record like his voice is awesome like it is so powerful but like chill at the same time he can he can be either he can go through a verse and just had that smooth charisma about him or he can just go off in a chorus and and sing his little little heart out (laughs) his little heart out (laughs) yeah his voice is like nasal but it's still powerful it's kind of like nasally and gravelly yeah, and a little higher pitch than most dudes, I think. And that, that combination kind of makes pack who he is. Yeah. He's, he, he stands out because of those two things. Like not a lot of rappers can sing as well as that, you know, like it's, he's, he's like the total package, man. And his, I mean, yeah, I'd say he's more of a singer than a rapper. I would say honestly. so too. But on his, on his Wikipedia, it says American rapper. You know, and I think like this guy's more of an R&B like soul guy than than a rapper, yeah. but he has a lot right. of hip hop and he ra- his rap skills are like legit, I would say. Like most Oh yeah, for sure. Most of his lyrics are legit too, like in his rhymes and everything, and he pulls that out, you know, every other every other song on this record basically. Yeah. And then sings the fucking hook and does both just as well <laughs> as the other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did, did this the, album uh, kind of remind... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll ask you later. Well, I was going to say the uh, small amount of features on this album mostly seem to be uh, guest verses while he does the hook. Uh, just because he knows he could do it, man. I bet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> he doesn't need anyone to sing the hook on a feature. He's like, come rap. <laughs> and he has some really good features on here, like big names. Impressive names. Yeah, Schoolboy Q. Yeah, uh, The Game. The game. BJ the Chicago kid, who I love, is like a hip hop R and B guy. Uh Rhapsody is a female, you know, uh MC and singer also who's like Grammy nominated. Oh wow. And Talu Kwali, man. Like huge, huge, <laughs> huge features on this. People record. knew he was gonna be something, man. And I'm sure the the Dr. Dre connection must have helped a lot. You know, he was on oh, like yeah. four Dr. Dre songs on that on that album. <laughs> Like the chronic it was I mean, yeah, that definitely helped him. And now, I mean, now the latest thing he's been doing, he's been teaming up with Bruno. 
Yeah. You know? and, I mean, how, how huge is that song? The Where are you going? And where are you at? Yeah. Oh, you got plans. You can leave the door open. Yeah. I personally think that song's kind of lame. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Bruno. I I like Bruno and I love Anderson, so I I, I feel like they could have done more, but they released another single called Skate that I haven't listened to. Yeah, I haven't listened to uh, it either. I wonder how many songs they're going to do together, but it's crazy because that's one of the biggest pop stars in the uh, world of the of the 2010s at least oh for sure yeah uh yeah and i'll admit i do like some of bruno's stuff um he's just so goddamn catchy and just again like can you find two more charismatic people to pair i together? mean honestly it's like, it, it almost makes you worry like god are their charismas gonna clash they, you know they like are they like gonna like best friends <laughs> <laughs> it's they're so gonna cool. try to out cool each other but i don't even like that's a they're probably both so goddamn sure of themselves that there's no competing it's just they like, don't even put two of the coolest guys together in the same room and there's gonna be like they're just gonna be cool yeah they're just gonna be cool next to each other man it's like yeah man bruno like that's that's what you know despite like whether how much i like how much his music or anything it's just his charisma like makes me like some of his songs so much Right. Uh, but yeah, putting them together, that's huge. That's a monster fucking duo, man. Like, uh, I will say, you know, like that, that single, the, where are you going? Now, where are you at? Like, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. like what they're doing together that much. Um, but it's greatness, just the two of them doing, being together. So I assume that they're going to put right, you know, they're going to put something out that I'm going to fucking love. It, it's just a matter of time. It's just honestly. a matter of time. <laughs> they're too good <laughs> to not be even better together. You know? Yeah. Um, but going back to this record, man, like, uh, I was going to ask you if you heard as much, uh, I don't know how much of Kendrick you've heard or you've listened to. Yeah, I listen to a good amount of Kendrick. Do you hear, like, I, I have a lot of similarities be- between To Pimp a Butterfly and this record. Like, sonically. I mean, there are a good amount of, like, jazz-influenced kind of smooth tracks. And, like, funk, uh, too. Yeah, it, yeah, it, and especially like with the bass. Uh, there's actually there's one song where he mentions K Dot. I think yeah. That's, um, what song is that? Carry me. Oh man, it's somewhere in the yeah. I think it's the season. Carry me. Uh, where he mentions K Dot, and that verse sounds he, a lot like Kendrick doing a verse. Yes, it does. It's. That I think that's why I hear the, the the similarities a lot, like sonically and like when Anderson raps, he sounds like Kendrick to me. Yeah, and you know they have done a song together. Oh man, I I, I was curious. I haven't looked into it. It's it's one of my favorite uh, Pac songs. It's called Tints. Okay. And it's got Kendrick on a verse, and they did it live, and Kendrick would not look at Anderson Pac the whole time, <laughs> and it it would almost kind of look like they had some beef. Because Kendrick just came on, sat down, back towards Pac, uh, finished his verse, got up and left. Oh. So I I, I don't know. I was I I hope nothing bad happened. Weird vibes. That's that. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird vibe. But yeah, that song Tints. Look it up, oh, man. man. It's, it's I think it's off Oxnard. Okay. Oh yeah. See, that's some of the songs I've heard were off of Oxnard. Um, I love that. That's like a. A thing he does too, just like his albums have all just been California city names. <laughs> yeah. Just own it, man. I think he grew up in Oxnard. Like that's technically where he's from. 
but yeah, uh, it's just like a little thing that I love about him. Like just his little, like just staying true to himself, you know, like right. all of this music sounds so genuine and like the free nationals could not be a, a more perfect backing band for him. Cause they're amazing first of all, but like their ability to like recreate and, and modernize like old sounds of the seventies mm. is yeah unparalleled. Like I don't know any other band that can do it as well. Like they, I mean, you listen to, uh, am I wrong? Oh right? dude. I'll say it right now, one of my choice nugs. It's a good song, dude. Oh, man, it is. Does other than the Schoolboy Q feature on it, which I thought was didn't really work well. It reminded me so much of Michael Jackson's. Um, you want to be starting something? You gotta be starting oh, yeah. something. something. And I'm just like, dude, their ability to like this band, like they can go from like Marvin Gaye and to like Curtis Mayfield and then Michael Jackson and like do it recreate it so well but then also modernize it is like the what i kept thinking i'm just like they make it like new right well i mean i don't know the like am i wrong the instrumental just sounds like a song straight from like the 70s or something so i wonder if it's just pox vocals that uh modernize it that yeah good point that could be it and maybe it's just the the new equipment you know like yeah it could just be that it sounds a little better produced than that stuff would be exactly yeah um but yeah man I, I can't get over how good these guys are and if there's a free nationals record that um if you love this album like if whoever's listening to this and you brett like check out the free nationals record that's self-titled it's incredible is so is anderson part of the free nationals good question man i don't know because i don't <laughs> they he's featured on a free national song on that record that that i just mentioned so i don't think he's technically part of the band i think that they're his backing band hmm. i don't know if they're like a bunch of studio musicians that are just like amazing and got together and made a band but i think they're his backing band well i yeah man i'm excited to check it out they did another uh tiny desk with just the free nationals and Anderson came to sing on a song Ooh. and from what little I heard there, it was sounding pretty good. <laughs> yeah, dude, I bet man, there's a, there was a tour that he went on when I was looking at his Wikipedia. That sounds like such a cream dream tour that like, <laughs> I'm so upset that I missed. It was Thundercat, Mac DeMarco, Earl sweatshirt and no name. Oh my God. <sighs> Like Did, what were they playing every show together? The I mean, I didn't look up all the dates to see if they were, but they said the tour was supported by those four people plus someone named Jesse Reyes, who I don't really know, but I'm sure they're they're good, but man, what a great like mix of music that somehow goes perfectly with with Anderson Pack, like Thundercat and Mac DeMarco. Right. Yeah. That would have been such a great show. Was there ever a tour that like is there, has there been a tour that you missed and like still regret it to this day? Uh, I try not to look into tours too much because I can't afford to go to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good point. <laughs> but, I mean, there was one I caught on accident that had... My dad got us tickets to a 21 Pilots show at the Austin Amphitheater. Oh, okay. Which, 
at at the time I really really liked them, and I had no idea that Mute Math, one of my other favorite bands of all time, was opening for them. Holy shit! Great and show. And so it was when we got there and we went to the merch table and I saw all this Mute Math stuff. I'm like, what is the? What like why is all this here? You didn't even know. I had no idea. What an amazing surprise for you. <laughs> oh man, it was it was like heaven. Holy it was beautiful. shit. Oh, so okay, uh, so that's a tour that you caught. So you don't know you you purposely. I wish I'd gone to. At le- <laughs> I, I I do wish I had gone to at least one Warped tour. You didn't go to a Warped tour ever. No, nope, never went. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, Warped tour is a great experience. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's. I feel really really sorry for you now. Cool. I'm I'm almost like. Can I explain to you how amazing Warped tours are? I mean, sure. <laughs> That'll be very cool for me. Can I spend the next fifteen minutes doing that? Uh, you gotta be, you gotta be skating on a half pipe the whole time, though. <laughs> I'll buy Tony Hawk's new blood skateboard that he made. Yeah, yeah, you heard about that shit, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot less crazy than I thought. I thought he just used only his blood to paint the skateboard. That would have been awesome. That would have been raw. That would have been that fucking been awesome. Raw as hell. Uh, yeah, no, I love that Lil Nas X got like involved too because of his shoes and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but yeah, okay. So I had to look it up for me. The, the tour that I regret the most missing, uh, was family, Val- family values tour of 1998. Um, that sounds familiar. It was corn, Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube. Incubus, Orgy, and Ramstein. Wow, man! What a what a that that's a that's a show for for a couple tools, isn't it? Dude, that's like five out of six of those bands I loved in 1998, <laughs> and I didn't go because I was 11, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have much accessibility to go to that my dad would not have gone to that obviously he would have had to have gone with me and i honestly probably would have been way too scared right like those are really intense bands to see live for an 11 year old i mean yeah god (laughs) but i really regret not 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 going to that tour and like ice cube was in it and then had to be replaced by incubus so i'm not even sure which one i would have seen but uh man ranchstein Fucking, ugh. that's 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 a crazy pull. That is huge. Ramstein. Uh, and back to this record. <laughs> speaking of anyway. speaking of Ramstein, <laughs> <laughs> you can see there's a lot of Ramstein influence throughout the record. Yeah, especially the first half. Um, I, I did you did you feel the same way I did too that the first half of the record um, seemed to like be one type of sound and the second half was like more of a different type. Of sound, mm, I thought he spread him out pretty well throughout the album. Honestly, yeah, I mean, there is a cohesive sound throughout the whole record, right? Just like this kind of neo soul, funk R and B type of thing going on. But I did feel yeah. like the more poppier songs, the more dancey songs, were in the second half of the record, where the first half was more like. Leaning more towards the the full the the soul R and B side of things. I mean, yeah, there definitely are uh, 
things like the bird is a super like uh soul not ballad or anything no just a uh, jazzy mid-tempo soul song i mean i'd say the big dancey songs are like uh put me through mm. come down am i wrong uh, am i wrong yeah yeah and then the more uh like slow down s- s- uh, soulful stuff like celebrate uh bird season carry me yeah I, I honestly thought it was a good spread throughout the album i didn't i didn't think there were i didn't really notice any uh uh sections that were separated okay um, yeah, I guess I, for some reason, like when I was listening to it, it just kind of seemed like the stuff in the beginning was very like, obviously it, every song has a vibe and it's all like, so, like you can just bob your head to it the whole time. But I was, it did feel like the second half of the record was more focused on like, I feel like I'm at a party. Like I feel like this was made to like dance to and party to mm. versus the first half that I felt like was more laid back mid tempo stuff. But it really is like. Like you said, it's well balanced. Despite like for some reason, I just felt like yeah, the the album kind of had like two halves to it. Mm. Uh, but man, the, the, all the songs are like super catchy. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. This dude, this dude knows how to how to how to work a song. <laughs> so fucking catchy. Yeah, I don't know what comes first. Like, I mean, I would think the music comes first. So. Big ups and major props to the Free Nationals for like and Pac. I'm sure like or Pac. I'm gonna say it differently every time. Like, I'm sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he helps write a lot of the music too. But yeah, he did. I mean, it's it's <sighs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of writing credits on this record. Yeah, I I don't assume the Free Nationals were involved in every song on the record. No. Uh. But yeah, there were. I saw a lot of producer credits. A lot, yeah. Uh, I mean, Madlib. So it seems one. he he pulled a, from a lot of different people. Yeah, I mean, you got Madlib producing Ninth Wonder, Kaytronada, High Tech. Those are those are yeah. big, man. Yeah. But yeah, you look at the writing credits, and it's like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had like five or six background vocalists alone. Yeah, I'm listening to uh, "Without You" right now, and I can definitely hear all those back and vocals. Dude, weird. I'm listening to that song too right now. Huh. That's like the second time that we've started the album and listening to it like at the same time. I've been skipping around, so oh, it's even weirder. That's very. That's really weird. <laughs> uh, well, you know, before we go into our choice nugs, like uh, I just wanted to point out that this album got nominated for a Grammy. Oh wow! For best, let me let me confirm here. For best urban contemporary album. So okay. I think that's like what they're calling like progressive R and B, basically. Uh, but yeah, he was nominated for a Grammy, and this has a Metacritic rating of eighty five. Wow! So critics loved this record. Huh. Well, I mean, it's a great record. I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, George isn't upset. <laughs> George is calm. George is at peace. George likes his R&B spicy. <laughs> uh, so let's get into Narnugs, man. Your first Narnug was Am I Wrong? Dude. Let's just start with that. I mean, yeah. It's what a fucking, what a amazing dance song that is I, that. Man, 
it's a it's a such a vibe i think even more than like a song to smoke to it's a song to drive to yes that that pan synth thing going the whole time yeah that's like yeah almost a little glitchy it gives you it gives you that almost like vapor wavy like a little bit yeah this this could be a washed out song if if anderson pack wasn't singing on it you know <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I totally get it. And it's like yeah, that's it's like super psych like funk music. Like think like Parliament or something too, you know? It's like psychedelic funk music. Mm. And that like the bass is killing it. That just like Yeah, there's like a little percussion on here. Yeah, the little cowbells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think like Marvin Gaye, you know? For sure, for sure. But it also has like a house, like techno energy to it. It's it's he he took a lot of influences and kind of kind of perfectly melded them onto this song. It, at first, it just seems like a regular seventies song, but yeah, it does have those psychedelic kind of washed out parts. Um, it does have those weird kind of ambient sounds. Yeah, dude. These just those little twinkles, those little synth, yeah, like just little ding, ding, little hits. Oh, dude. And then and then he gets it one at a time. Uh, so precious. It's yours. It's yours. It's mine. It's mine. Uh, like that. I love that. that. And sounds like Michael Jackson, like seventies Michael Jackson. Mm. Uh so good. Ju- like Pyt or something. Gives. You know. Oh. Uh. Dude, it's like the synth throughout the whole song because it's so like synth heavy. Just like makes yeah. me want to like just like be bathed in neon. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be like just in like like Koreatown or something. Just like all those neon signs and just walking through like the middle of the street, just like just <laughs> dancing down the middle of the street like that, like Harry Tate. You know Harry Tate. <laughs> Harry Tate. What? Harry Tate. <laughs> It's like, it's like someone's I don't name. know who that is, man. I don't know who Harry Tate is, <laughs> okay. but he's like a TikTok guy, but he wears tiny sunglasses and dances to dance music like in the middle of the street and stuff and <laughs> and I love that guy. And he's and that's I just want to be him. Have you asked him out? Uh I sent him a few DMs. He hasn't Did you did you send the nudes like I told you? He hasn't responded. No, I don't look good in them. Like why why did you use a flash? <laughs> It gives more of a vintage energy, dude. Don't question. Yeah, you're like washing out my fucking my my. You know, <laughs> it's a nude. Photo, you're washing man. it out. You can't, you even can't see, see it. it. You can't. Yeah. You can't even see it. I look. I don't know, Brett. Like, I guess you took artistic freedom or whatever. But no, I didn't send him the nudes yet. You're missing out. Well, can you do like a fun, like a one more pass of the edit? Just. I mean, fine. I'll saturate it again, but. I mean, that's yeah. all I'm going to do. Like, put, like, a spotlight on the important parts. <laughs> right. Like, just have that be blown out, you know? We'll see. I'll, I'll put a fisheye lens, like, on the important yes. bit. To make them look bigger. Like an inverted one or whatever. Like, yeah, to make it look bigger or what? Yeah. Yeah. Make it con- concave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, but, yeah, dude, am I wrong? The only thing that is... Uh, and it's weird because it's one of my choice nugs, but I don't like Schoolboy Q's feature on it. I don't like his verse. Yeah, he seems a little 
out of place. Yeah, and like he's going a little too quick. Like I right. get what they were trying to do, but it was it's just like a little too much for this chill, smooth song. Yeah, this the but, song is so like you know I keep using the word shimmery and elegant, but yeah. the music is so like. And I'm sure ele- I'm sure there's a better word than elegant, but I just can't help but just think like, God, this this makes me want to wear like a nice suit <laughs> and like be in the 70s, you know, just be cool yeah. as fuck and have like gator fucking shoes on. And so everything's really chill and just like way too cool. This, the whole song is really cool. And Schoolboy has kind of like an aggressive delivery. Yeah, a little bit. And his and that's just kind of how he is on most of his stuff. And I love and what sucks is I love Schoolboy Q. Like I love his stuff. And he just his vibe doesn't work on this song. Like they they need more of like a laid back voice, like someone with a smoother delivery. Yeah, but you know if you if if you get Schoolboy Q on a track, you're not gonna really gonna tell him what to do or anything, right? Right. But it's it, it's almost like if he's I would have liked. That if he was going to sound that his voice was going to be that strong, rap quicker. Like, he's he's kind of doing one line and then stopping. And then another line and then stopping. So it's almost like he's almost like ruining, he's almost taking away of the energy because he's not keeping that energy going. Like, if you're going to have a loud voice, like, and you're rapping, then it's just like, then rap quick. Rap fast and make it energetic. You kind of don't have any momentum. He doesn't have any momentum. He's kind of just kind of spitting out lines. Every now and then, and just I just don't dig it. It doesn't work. But you know, after that part is when the horns come in, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> and it just grooves on that for like for the rest of the song. Yeah, for a solid it. minute. Yeah. And it's just, uh, dude, how do you not just like dance the whole time listening to this? Like I'm snapping mm. my fingers, and I'm sure it sounds horrible. <laughs> and she recording. don't. Ooh. <laughs> like we're just I'm just listening I'm to it now man Am I wrong we don't even, to assume We don't even need to talk anymore She don't dance And she don't ooh Yeah uh, so good man His his lyrics are like really playful sometimes And I love it Like, Oh yeah I I thought you would appreciate uh, uh, It's a, a line from one of the songs Where he describes himself As a boom baptist Oh yeah dude I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna call out the Silicon Valley, the whole, the whole song. Well, when he's like, "What's behind, what's behind them tiggle bitties?" <laughs> and, and like that, he says, "Like, what's behind that tender titty meat?" Yeah, I love that he's real like sensual, saying like tiggle bitties and and tender titty meat. But the whole thing's a love song, trying to like say, "I want to get closer to this girl's heart." <laughs> so he's like, You're "Right, what's yeah. what's, on the, what's beneath those tiggle bitties?" <laughs> What's underneath those tiggle bitties? But then it's like, you know, straight to your heart. Like, has a yeah. beautiful chorus. And, you know, so it's like he he's really playful and, and really, like, funny, man. But then he just makes it, you know, then it just busts out into a beautiful R&B song. Yeah, exactly. It's who, you know, who, who can fucking do that, man? No one except this guy. No. He, it's Anderson Pot. Yeah, man. Anderson. He Pat. is a true original it, man. He's one of kind. He's one of a kind, man. What what was uh, what was one of your nugs? Well, my uh, first nug when I first listened to this album, uh, "Come Down" was definitely my favorite song. 
Uh, I've listened to it too much now that it is no longer my favorite song. Uh, it's a good song, though. <laughs> but it's a good song. That bass line. Oh, I, like every every three or four weeks, I'll relearn that bass line. <laughs> great. It's a Just great party how, song. Uh, great stoner great, party man. song. And it, and it samples the Israeli national anthem, weird enough. Is that what that yeah. is? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the only national anthems that is in a minor key. So it seems to get like used or sampled hmm. frequently. Uh, but in any case, uh, my first uh, nug is going to be Put Me Through. Put Me Through. That's a good one, man. Number five on the record. Yep, it's it's another smooth. Uh, it's basically a sex track. I think it's just about BDSM, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, which is not something I'm like into, but I love how this guy delivers his vocals the whole time. Uh, when that chorus picks up and it kind of goes double time. Yeah, and it gets distorted. Uh, does he? Yeah, the ba- I think they distort the bass, or they just have a synth going that kind of sounds like distorted, a little scratchy. Mm. It's cool. That part is like was the first like wholly original thing I think they did on the record at that up until that point, like track five. Yeah, you didn't like. Uh... Well, I mean, wholly original. I wholly guess. wholly original. That's uh, what I mean. It's like I love everything they do, but this is that like part in put me through is very very original i mean yeah i i personally think heart don't stand a chance not many people can play that groove as smoothly as he does so such a good song it's it's somewhere in between like eighth notes and swing notes oh so you're talking about the drummer specifically uh yeah well anderson's a drummer yeah i don't know if i don't know if he's drumming on this record i the three nationals have a drummer. Well, you know, in any case, yeah, I was looking for that. I, I, I couldn't find that that information. Uh, in any case, put me through has a has a groovy guitar in it as well, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate. <laughs> I like the backup vocals on the chorus. You yeah. know, the yeah man, the the guitar super smooth, super jazzy. Like mm-hmm. that guy's playing. That guy has a nice touch playing the guitar oh yeah oh yeah and the the bass i mean you know i can never i can't say it enough how much the bass like is so important and so great on this record oh yeah it stands out a lot on this song yeah man i I love it must be what you put me through yeah yeah here i go voluntary punishment self-inflicted pain over you like how hard is it not to sing along to the, to the songs oh i mean it's impossible i can't do it like <laughs> i have to sing along like once you hear the chorus the first time the second time it comes around i'm singing yeah yeah man guarantee yeah good that was a good put me through is a great choice nug man what's what's your second one uh my second one is parking lot parking lot that's one that- yeah which was Kind of an odd yeah. one. I didn't really expect it when we got into this album. It's more like another one of those synth-driven ones. Um, yeah, but it kind of starts off with a little guitar. Yeah. I like I like the speed on this one, the momentum, I guess, the vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the drum part that's happening throughout the song. It's like funky, 
It's on the uh, ride symbol on the bell. And just went, one, two, three, come on, just feel me. One, two, three, come on, just feel me. It was like, it was almost like he sampled himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool way to, to put it. Like, it, it sounds like to me the most, um, and this is no, this is not trying to insult it, but it's like the most indie song on the record. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good way to explain it is that it feels a little indie. I think it's, it stood out to me a lot just by how unique it is from the rest of the record. It definitely stands so, out. It it's not like a it's not like an aggressive standout or anything. No, it's it's so it's very chill, but it almost sounds like a gorilla song to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like if the gorillas and Andre three thousand wrote a song together, I think it would sound like this. Yeah, it's in that kind of uh alternative R and B uh type of region yeah but dancey yeah but still dancey but like very low-key a very low-key song yeah that's what that's the that's that's where i get gorillas from is is like it's dancey it has energy but it's still like you know you're just kind of like chill dancing kind of bobbing left and right yeah that one really stands out just like yeah uh and so that was my that was my unexpected second nug of the album that's cool, man. That one, um, that was one that stood out to me, but not in a way that I, I necessarily liked it as much as you did. But I was just like, this one is, it might not be a song that I enjoy that much, but it's still good. And that's what sucks. Is like, to me, it's like, I, um, there, there are some songs on here that are genius to me. So even the really good songs like Parking Lot that I don't consider genius sound worse in comparison <laughs> but it's right. good man i'm listening to it right now it's super dancey it almost the ending kind of reminds me of vampire weekend a little bit uh which is where the guitar kind of just kind of with those flampy little guitars mm-hmm. and the the drum beat uh but yeah it yeah. almost sounds like the guitar part of a. Uh, who gives a fuck about it in Oxford? Comma. Yeah. Like, yeah. dramas too. Yeah. So what was your second nug, man? Uh, dude, heart don't stand a chance. Mm. That is. I mean. Uh, yeah. I, it, it's such an odd intro, isn't it? It, it? It's an intro that back in the day I would have skipped a song because I don't like the intro. Really? Just the just from that sound alone, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna like this song, because if this is gonna sound like this for five and a half minutes, because it's not a fucking short song, <laughs> I'm like, no, I automatically skip it without giving it a chance. Like I did that to so many Sublime songs back in the day. Oh man, well, I'm glad you stuck through this one, because right after that intro, it takes on a whole different vibe. like a fucking um, like a Warren G track, man, like a like a Snoop Dogg <laughs> track from the mid '90s. Really? Like a funk hip hop thing going the whole time. That's super heavy bass. Those like super wet reverb, like, Ooh, ah, you know, thing. Oh yeah. (laughs) The bass is so good, man. When that, when that, and that seventies guitar, like that funky guitar line that comes in like at like minute 45. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, I can't like 
everything plus how catchy the whole thing is too. Like your heart don't stand a chance. Like yeah, your heart don't stand a chance. Your feet don't bend the name. It is such a clean song, man. It's. I mean, it's hard not to repeat ourselves uh, going through this record, even though the songs are unique within themselves. You know, they all share this vibe of being mm-hmm. smooth and elegant and uh, glittery, shimmery, sexy, sexy I'd say. as fuck, man. This is a great sexy fuck for song. Sure. <laughs> going down. Like. Uh, how do you not snap along? Like I'm trying, I it's like taking everything in me to not snap along right now because I don't want it, the microphone <laughs> to pick it up. <laughs> and I'm uh I I said it just a little bit before, but I love how this groove is oh. on the drum set, like with the hi hat, where it's like it's not swing, but it's not played completely straight. It's somewhere in the middle that you need to just feel out man and not a lot of people could do that even though it sounds extremely like simple i was gonna say it sounds so simple to me like it's that's cool that you're hearing all these things that i'm not hearing because all i hear is like <laughs> well, it's just that's all i'm hearing he's doing this like with the hi-hat and it's it'd be so easy to make that seem off and to get that out of time or accidentally go back to the default of playing it like oh i'm hearing the i'm hearing it now yeah wow i didn't hear that before and so it kind of gives it this extra little uh kind of kind of swinginess about it while staying uh pretty focused oh that's cool man uh dude yeah and then like like at the four minute mark it like busts out into this like really cool like 80s synth thing Mm. like it's it's cool because the song like almost like ends slightly differently than it starts but then they go back to the ooh champagne falling down like yeah. They do end on that, and they end on like a weird it, quote, like a weird sound clip. <laughs> There's these weird sound clips throughout what? the whole record. I don't know what the fuck they are. Oh, yeah. I think they I think they usually kind of like predict the theme of the next song yeah. that's going to yeah, play. Yeah, it seems to be. Is what I noticed. Uh, but yeah, every time I hear that chant, like, ooh, champagne, going to... It, it almost seems a little nightmarish to me, man. The melodies they're singing are weird, like, diminished uh, melodies. Yeah. yeah. It's it's odd. It, I think it's supposed to make you feel a little bit off while still feeling like a kind of a party chant. You know, talking about champagne mm-hmm. and legs and arms wrapped around. Yeah. yeah. It is a weird vibe, though, and that's kind of what I don't like. It the way that it starts with that melody. Cause I'm just like, Oh, this is, it does kind of feel a little like off putting. Yeah. A little, it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, but man, like, yeah, to bookend like the most groovy, like dope, cool. You just want to strut down the street, fucking rhythm throughout the whole song and booking and ending it with a weird, Ooh, champagne falling <laughs> down. Like yeah. odd, melodies that uh 
uh, there's something about that that I think is like so ballsy and cool. <laughs> but I had a lot of uh, of honorable mentions, man. This, I mean, for sure, the bird is such a great opener. Yeah, the bird of the world is me. The wind of a honeycomb tree. Like uh, such a, it sounds like a classic '70s soul song. Yeah, uh, uh, come down. Come down, as I great. said before, was one of my favorites. Uh, real groovy. Yeah. Uh, real catchy. I I loved room in here. Room in here. That was gonna be in my next oh, one. Yeah. Man. Baby, there's room in here. Ah, oh, oh, oh. like uh, all those <laughs> group vocals and uh, man, you take the games awesome laid back delivery put on put him on am mm. i wrong and that's like a fucking 10 out of 10 song <laughs> i love the game man he's one of my favorite of all time man he's really great he has such a the the wordplay and even on this one where it's like you know it's it's always kind of cheesy when a rapper is rapping about love so right. it's hard not to be cheesy rapping about, you know, trying to sound fucking hard rapping about something like <laughs> as emotionally vulnerable as talking about love. Um, so, you know, it's not like the game has like next level lyrics on this song, but he does really well with the subject matter. And I think he's, he's clever and he's funny and still sounds cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. What, what, a, I mean, what, what would you rate this record, man? Like so curious. Um, you know, it's, it's a good record. I think it's a, it's a still a little long. Mm-hmm. I agree. Despite uh, how much I, I like it, it's, it's a bloated record. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I could listen to this dude sing. I could listen to the, this guy just talk all yeah, day, <laughs> you know, like I can listen to his voice all day, yeah. but, uh, still a bit long. A lot of the songs were just about like him getting in bed with some chick, which is yeah. like, I mean, obviously that's what you're going to do as an R&B singer. You're going to sing a lot about that stuff. Yeah, but sometimes you don't have to be um, so on the nose like in Waterfall. You know, yeah. like. And I mean like in Put Me Through. Yeah, Put Me Through, yeah. Even though that's one of your choices. It yeah. is. That's yeah. true. Just goes to show how good right. he is. Um, and so... I think he, you know, I think this is just the beginning of his, uh, of his career. And there are like two or three more albums that I haven't listened to that I'm excited to get to just cause I'm excited to see how he evolves from this. Me album. too, man. Uh, so I'm going to put this one, I'm going to nail it, uh, as a, just a straight 7.0. Okay. That's still strong. A 7.0 is what I'm thinking. That's still strong. That, that's strong, man. I mean, it, it, there are a couple songs on here that are just fantastic. There's some songs on here that are forgettable. Uh, but this album as a whole is a pretty good listen. And I'd, I'd recommend listening to it at least once and maybe picking your favorites from there. Yeah, man. 7.0 is still strong. That's commendable to write a, an album that you give a 7.0. I would be proud if I wrote that record and you gave it a 7. Um, yeah. Man, I think mine is mine's definitely going to be a higher score. There's, there like, I if you know I can't overemphasize how much the music of this record alone, even like there's some serious genius level 
in my opinion, uh, some genius level stuff on this record in terms of, of musicianship and songwriting. Mm. And to be able to take, you know, classic sounds from the like 60s, 70s and 80s and make them modern um, with Anderson's because of Anderson's potentially just because of his vocals and his delivery alone. Um, but also because of like the equipment and, you know, maybe incorporating more of the hip hop into the seventies soul stuff. Like it's, there's some serious genius level stuff on here for me. And so the songs that don't hit that genius level fall flatter, like I said earlier, and mm-hmm. it, it would have made me if, had I not really analyzed why those songs fell flatter for me, uh, I would have given this more like around a seven something, but realizing that those songs only fall flatter and I don't like as much because they're not genius level stuff. <laughs> like I cannot fault it that much because when I went back and heard those songs again, I still really like the music. I still appreciate it. I mean, it. if you heard those songs in isolation, right? Yeah, exactly. Know. Had I heard It'd be a whole different uh, man, what was your, um, what was your choice? Not that sounded like the gorillas to me. Parking lot. Parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. So had I heard that alone, not in the context of the rest of the record, I would love it. And I still like it, but again, it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit that, that prodigy fucking, you know, Mozart level to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man, like I, there's, I, there's something that I connect really deeply with this type of music, despite like I set like soul music and, and that old school R and B stuff is some of my favorite music like some of my favorite genres um one of the reasons why i love a lot of quentin tarantino's movies like bringing back quentin tarantino is he uses a lot of that music and i love that stuff it has just a vibe to it that is uh uh, it's unrivaled in my opinion and i tend to gravitate towards hip-hop stuff too so you combine those two things you got me especially if you do it really fucking well and really originally so Mm. i'm giving this album an eight point Six. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. That is pretty good, dude. I'm telling you, man, like it's, it's, it it's, uh, it's me. Like this record is connects with me on so many levels. Um, uh, and then you, you add in, you know, my affinity for the, the cannabis and you mix <laughs> that in with a record like this that has, so many layers and so many things going on at once. And, and you know, like, like the replayability of this album is amazing just from a musician standpoint, because, you know, just you pointing out the, the hi-hat part on, you know, your heart don't stand a chance. That's one of my choice nugs. It's one of the ones I listened to the most and I didn't even hear that, you know? Right. It yeah. adds, there's a lot to, to, to enjoy. Um, yeah, man, 8.6, hard Hard 8.6. A turgid 8.6. Whew. Tone bone. Tone bone, man. One uh, of the biggest ones I've gotten since we started this podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Full attention. <laughs> at, I, at full mast. I got lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> you, all right. You got to calm down a little. We got to finish the podcast. Don't, don't right. let it all get out of your head. Just kind of take the lead for a little bit. I gotta... yeah, okay. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for listening to this episode. Uh, it really means so much to us to see that people are, are listening and watching. Uh, we're very excited about our new streaming stuff. 
Earbuds podcast on Twitch every Friday. We're going to be streaming usually a new album that's going to come out that day. That uh, very same day. Otherwise, some other kind of entertainment. Uh, maybe 420 related. Maybe mm-hmm. Smash Brothers related if I ever get the reins. Teach y'all Ooh. some techs. Teach y'all some, uh, t- some, some movement stuff. Dude, show me how to spam. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know all about that. So don't yeah, worry. Show me how to spam. I would love to do that. That is a, that is a cool idea, man. <laughs> uh, Instagram, EVPcast, Jean-Luc Guitard, Brett Hanrahan. Absolutely nothing weird about any of those names. Nope. Super easy to find. Uh, and, you know, YouTube. Uh, but anyway, that's enough of the uh, self-promotion. Well, one more thing. Um, you can catch our live streams on Twitch. I don't know if you mentioned Twitch. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. So, okay. uh, yeah, live streams every Friday on Twitch. 7 p.m. Um, Central time is what we're thinking. 7 p.m. Central. We're going to try and stick to that schedule. You also catch uh, the shorties, the mini uh, podcast episodes that we'll put out about that album um, You know, the next day or two after the live stream. So um, the YouTube will be clips of the live stream. So you'll be able to catch that content everywhere. Um, super exciting that people are even listening to the shorties, man. Like, I'm, yeah. we, we have, you know, double digit plays on that already. That's that's really fun. I mean, it's it's just a it's like a 15 minute episode about the latest album, man. I You know, it, it, if you don't like us, at least it's quick. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's it's at least a short form version of us. And, uh, you know, this again, like we can't say how much we we can't overemphasize how much we love and are psyched that people are listening to this and watching the live streams and stuff. And. Like we we just have our first comment on YouTube and I got psyched and like texted Brett about it. <laughs> yeah, so. and it was a positive one too. It was it a was, great one. It was someone being it involved. It was not. I don't think it was mainly about our episode. I think it was mainly about Turnstile. But yeah, great. Whatever, like, man. Engage. Yeah, we love whatever. it. Whatever. Thank you for listening, buddies. We truly appreciate it. Um, Brett, what would you uh, what would you rate this episode, my guy? You know what? I'd rate this episode an eight. Point six. That's so weird. I was thinking eight point six. That's that's crazy, man. You and it's me, we gotta get weird. off of this brain wave. It's you know what I'm saying? Weird. Are you lightheaded too? I mean, yeah, I've had a boner the whole time, but that <laughs> has nothing to do with the podcast. Oh, see, I remember you telling me that when you get to, you know, uh, when you get hot and heated, uh, you all your blood goes to your nipples. Well. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really want anyone to uh, oh. know. I told you that in confidence, I, I believe. Oh, uh, you believe? Um, yeah, I well, think you should I, realize by now that nothing's in confidence when you tell me. Um, by the way, I'd like to, I'm sorry for the injuries I gave you in, when we were stuck in the freezer. Uh, yeah, I just dude. wanted a little warmth. I didn't think they would penetrate. I, you, should, you got a couple of registered deadly weapons on your chest there. Yeah, well... Look, diamond cutters. Some people got it. Some people don't. You know what I'm saying? And I got it. Hey, if you got, got it. Flaunt stuff. it, boy. That's so what you always, uh, <laughs> you always put ice under your shirt just to kind of, you know, when you get out in public, just to show off. Just to make sure everyone knows where they stand. Yeah. And that's you have under an ice me pack and my nipples. Tapes to your stomach. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And people think like, God, this guy has like super hard nipples and a rock hard abs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I just tell him, look, look, just another day in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, look at the diamond cutters on that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he must work out. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, buddies. Oh, real quick, Brett, what are we listening to on the next episode? Oh, well, Lucas, you requested a metal album. Yeah, and I felt immediately felt bad about it because I like that we, you know, have our little creative freedoms to pick our albums. But there was just this morning, I was just jonesing to listen to metal. Well, you know what? Luckily for you, I do have an album for you. I don't listen to too much metal, but recently this album has entered my zeitgeist. And if you want metal, by God, you're going to get it, Lucas. We're listening to Slipknot's first album, Slipknot. <laughs> Self-titled, absolutely insane. Holy shit. Dude, I'm excited. When <laughs> Slipknot was new metal. when they were When they were the newest metal of all. Hell yeah. Awesome. Slipknot self-titled. That's that's very exciting. <laughs> well, Lucas, this was good. This was good. <laughs> Three, two, one.